the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Ah, Howdy, 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 howdy. Hello. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, and more. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, Donald Trump and Washington. Donald Trump and politics. Donald Trump and what he wants to say in front of our allies. Donald Trump and uh, previous administrations. A lot going on. And Wall Street's kind of fascinated by this in the sense that we get the tax cuts. And I'm going to call them the Donald Trump tax cuts for lack of a a better phrase or thought. We're going to call them the Donald Trump tax cuts, right? Wall Street loved them. Wall Street rallied. Then Wall Street started to see them like, oh, the healthcare is not going to go through. And Wall Street's like, okay, so we're not going to, you know, go that direction. Then Wall Street says, you know, trade agreements and cars and such. Um, this one's a little different. This one's t- coming out of the nuclear treaty with Iran, which is one of his campaign promises. Stock market ended flat yesterday. A lot of uncertainty about this. Uh, tax cuts, but there's a lot of certainty. We loved them. But now this could also drive up the price of oil. Pulling out of the Iran nuclear deal because it's the Middle East. You have more tension. You have more conflict, Right. And the fact that we're throwing out economic sanctions is telling American companies and other companies, you can't do business in that country. It goes both ways. Not only can they not do business with us, but we can't do business with them. So the U.S. telling allies like Germany, uh, get out of Iran, stop doing business with them. You have 90 to 180 days. What's that going to do with us in Germany in 90 to 180 days? Companies starting new businesses with Iran in the wake of the president's announcement would be instantly subject to sanctions, you know, immediately. So the fact that this hasn't disrupted the stock market tells you the stock market kind of is leaning higher right now. Coming out of earnings season, you could say that we were making lower lows, leaning lower, but we're also not really catching any negatives in the market. We're not using the Trump in Iran as a selling situation. We could. We could say protectionists. We could say, you know, uh, I'm not going to. I don't want to stretch the overall meaning on this one. I'm just going to go with it. Walmart's buying a controlling stake in Flipkart for $16 billion. Wow. Walmart is quickly looking internet issue. I mean, you're not going to put it, you're not going to put the CEO of Walmart in a hoodie per se, but leaning that way, right? 
its largest deal ever for Walmart. And it opens up again more battles with Amazon. It caps two years of on-again and off-again talks. Amazon also expressed interest in making a competing offer for a stake. India is one of the most attractive retail markets in the world, given its size and growth rate. Flipkart's headquarters are in Bengaluru. Um, so this is pretty interesting. It's going to hurt their earnings. That's how big of a, a, a push this is for Walmart. They're not just folding it up into a little part of their company. They're spending a big chunk of their company to get here. Flipkart sells everything from soaps to smartphones to books to clothes. It gives Walmart access to India's vast e-commerce market that could potentially be worth $200 billion in a decade. So you're going to start hearing more and more companies like Apple say, we, we need to figure out how we're going to be in India and what it's going to look like. Google is going to say, we need to figure out what, how to be in India and what it's going to look like. Facebook. I would uh, say what the Olympics were to China, the Summer Olympics that they did a couple years ago, uh, 10 years ago, it, it kind of created an opportunity to say, like, here, here we are economically, here's a world stage. India needs something like that. Uh, maybe not an Olympics, but it needs something like that other than just watching those billions of people become billions and billions, right? Uh, it has to be more than just a size story. We, we need some economic platform. So this, that's a big one today. Again, not an end-all, be-all in any way, shape, or form. The energy sector is supposed to have the last hurrah. Here's kind of something interesting. I can end this segment with, or I could just, you know, put a bow on on this one. What's happened in the stock market is unheralded. It, it's it's been heralded. This is the long, second longest bull market. It's pretty darn impressive. Uh, we've had basically nine up years, with nary a hiccup on the downside. So. How does that end? There's typically little mini bull markets inside of a bull market. For instance, the tech stocks had a great run. The financial stocks had a great run. Um, the retail sector, the consumer discretionary, um, they all have little runs, right? So if you're thinking, economically speaking, that we're looking a little tired, that we've artificially propped ourselves up with tax cuts, which is kind of what happens, and then that gets a little bit neutralized with higher oil prices. The higher oil prices are telling us that inflation's coming. And we've seen oil move from $30 a barrel to $70 a barrel pretty consistently as we've seen higher interest rates move <clears throat> the markets. So those higher costs, a higher cost of barrel of oil, slows down economic activity. When it's cheap, you can imagine a company like United or Delta or Southwest, when oil's at $30 a barrel, they're able to say, you know what? We don't need every seat sold because energy's cheap. But when it's expensive, we need to sell every seat. And when they don't, then they get into like maybe a price war, and then their earnings start coming down, the revenue starts going lower in the sector. So... The last hurrah, if you're looking for a last hurrah, if you believe that the stock market needs to have a down year, maybe not this year, maybe it's next year. I still think a recession is at least a year away. With that said, I said at the beginning of this year, somewhere between four to six weeks, four to six uh, quarters. So that sounds still about right. Um, 
but again, too early to tell and not in the business of, of predicting. Uh, but energy seems to be the right sector as, as oil is rising right now. So the 10-year treasury is rising. The cost of borrowing money is rising. The cost of consuming energy and consuming business activity is rising with the higher oil. So whether you're flying around the world or you're firing up the factories, energy is a big cost, right? And uh, as it inflates, the stocks can do well because they're going to be making more money. But that's typically when you start seeing companies say, okay, we're going to downsize, not upsize. We can't get more for less. We can't get more productivity out here. We can't get more revenue because everyone's cutting prices to compete. Energy could be your play. Disney posted better than expected earnings. Shares are down fractionally. A lot of question marks with Disney right now. What's happening with ESPN? What are they going to do with 21st Century Fox? Lots of questions. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Welcome in. Uh, Welcome back in. Welcome to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. The owner of MoviePass is crashing today because they say that they only have about $15 million left of cash. And yet, they're burning through about $20 million each month. So they got to figure out how to stop that cash burn, right? Or they have to raise more money, or they basically go out of business, right? But the stock's down big, and it's one of those $2 stocks. I don't like dollar stocks. I don't like cheap women. I don't like cheap liquor. I don't like cheap food. I don't like cheap stocks. Do you get the point? So dollar stocks, to me, all they are are big signs that the company is not legit. As MC Hammer would, would go on to say, too legit, too legit to quit. Dollar stocks don't do it for me. I know that there is something about saying, if I own 200 shares and a $4 stock goes to $6, it just went up 2 bucks. Whoa, that's a lot. Well, what if a $400 stock goes up to 600 Whoa, that's a lot. It's the same thing. Now, MoviePass is this idea that's amazing, and hopefully you did it in the last year, because it looks to me like they've got about another two or three months before they're going to have to pull the plug on the experiment. Uh, for $9, you can go to as many movies as you want per month, one movie per day. And we've heard for years now, oh, Hollywood's going down, and Napster, people are going to download movies whenever they want, and uh, people are going to never pay for anything, and it's never going to be paid for, and, you know, movies kind of, they got into the sequel mania, and people did stop going, because at one point in time, I think we were, well, I'm not going to get into the social side of it, but like, Raiders of the Lost Ark came out of nowhere, and we were like, Wow. Now it's like Marvel Avengers 19. I bet it's going to be very similar to Marvel's Avenger 17, which was very similar to 16, which was very similar to, and you get the idea. So, and also the movies just got crazy expensive. So when someone came up with the idea of $9 and you get to go to as many movies as you want, pretty good idea for someone like me, because I do like the soda and the popcorn. The movie is three things. It's big screen. It's popcorn refreshments. And big comfy chairs, right? 
And how do they get you to spend the money on the concessions? That's where the big money is, right? But the big movie theater companies have never been able to quite figure that out of how do we do a subscription without doing a subscription? Because they have to pay cost of leasing the theaters and leasing the films, so to speak. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about money, investing, and more. Um, healthcare giant Novartis says their current CEO had no involvement in a $400,000 payment to Trump lawyer that bought off a porn star. Now, how did that happen? Pharmaceutical giant Novartis <clears throat> is amongst the companies listed in paying essential consulting, which is that firm linked to the president's lawyer, Michael Cohen. Novartis paid nearly $400,000 in a contract with Essential that ran between February 2017 and February 2018. Now, did Novartis get special consent? Like, I, I'm not a political guy. You can probably understand that there's some people like uh, Mad Dog, Mad Dog Russo. He could talk sports. He can, like, go crazy about Tom Brady and Deflategate, and he's a cheater. And he, I don't get passionate about politics. I don't get passionate about sports. Um, I, I'm kind of melancholy about both, <laughs> to be quite honest, and that's not good. So anyway, uh, MoviePass has to figure out how to make money because they should be able to get that experience back. Novartis, the headlines, I'm surprised the market's holding up as well as it is. And I think one of the reasons why is because earnings are great. A lot of people think we're hitting peak earnings because we're getting a tax cut on top of super low unemployment. And that's a good time for people to have a little extra money to do a little extra spending. Oh, Chipotle. Remember, they've gotten into trouble a couple times for food contamination issues. They want to be farm fresh, but farm fresh carries a little extra dangers. But Chipotle's delivery service up 67% after it launched its partnership with DoorDash less than two weeks ago. Now, I don't even know what that means. So this is where, where some of those numbers could be just totally bogus. Chipotle's delivery service up 667% after it launched its partnership with DoorDash less than two weeks ago. Okay, well, 667% could be it's gone from one to seven. They did one taco sale to seven. We don't know because they're working off such a low number. And when you see that, you're like, whoa, that's a big number, 667%. I bet that stock's getting ready to fly. Delivery quickly emerged as an untapped opportunity. A lot of the locations of Chipotle have a second line dedicated to making burritos, bowls, and more for customers. So DoorDash is getting it done. I don't do a lot of food delivery. There's a couple things that I feel like I need to brush up on. Uh, food delivery is one of them. And technology, like, I took a Lyft in the first year of hearing about Lyft. I took an Uber in the first year of hearing about Uber. I got, I get the ideas, right? I don't do a lot of food delivery. So a lot going on. Google just held a conference where they release a lot of new product and they show you what they're working on. And it's a developer conference. And developer conferences are awesome because you kind of get to take care of the people that get to make your product even more interesting, and you don't actually have to do it, but other people are developing cool things for it. Gmail can now auto-complete not just words you're starting to type, but entire sentences. Ooh. Google Photos can now colorize a black and white photo with a single click. 
Google Assistant booked a haircut appointment by placing a phone call to a human receptionist, receptionist and having a conversation on your behalf. Yeah, and it sounded just like the real person. So Smart Compose is finishing sentences for you. But the artificial intelligence that can finish off by calling your, your hair appointment, that's pretty cool. Now, last year, Google showed us some earbuds, AirPods, that could translate into real-time French into English, English into French. They didn't work as well as they demoed them. This is a little more scaled back. I like it. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So one of the things I want you to do is actually go out and spend some of your credit card points. I love credit card points, reward points. The Chase Sapphire Reserve is $450 a year for the credit card, but they give you $300 of credit on travel. And they give you uh, boarding passes. They give you passes into the lounges. They give you um, flight insurance. So the cost, if the flight gets cheaper, you, you're insured. But recently there was a uh, document, a memo inside the company that went out that said, we're going to take some of these perks away. Like the lounge, you can now go into the lounge with one other person instead of up to five or six. So some people were taking advantage of it by bringing their friends and family into the lounges and having a little bit of a party before the actual um, flight. So they're changing the terms, right? I bring this up in large part because those those credit card rewards, let's say you have 1,000 points or 1,000 miles. How are you going to use those miles, right? It's a pretty good question. So how you use those miles and when you use those points, for instance, um, each point is worth a dollar. But they've already told us Chase Sapphire Reserve is coming out with a memo this month where they're going to tell us that in two months from now, they're cutting the, the terms. So maybe this time they're cutting the terms of instead of taking five people into the lounges, you can only take one person. Otherwise, it's $21 per person. Or maybe they change the terms of, you know, to get that $300 cash reward, you have to spend $3,000, not 3,000 points, and they take away the triple points for restaurants kind of thing. Like, But they could change the terms. That's why I want you to use these rewards. That's why I want you to use these points, because inevitably, Southwest used to have a great, great system for using their credit card and booking flights with them. Though the points were, um, the miles you got were incredible, and they were useful. I tend to use miles only for long-distance trips, but... Southwest killed it for me when they, they changed the terms of their points and how their, their miles could actually be used and what value you got for booking directly with them versus indirectly with them versus you get the point. So use those points because before the company can decrease or deflate the value of the points, instead of saying, you know, if we get one chicken sandwich for one point, now you get one chicken sandwich for two points. Use the points to get your chicken sandwich before the terms can and will be changed. That's kind of my expectation. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton, talk a little financial planning world of CFP Chad Burton. 
Talking a little bit about alternative investments. So REITs and commodities were the most common ones back in the day. You've got hedge funds, and hedge funds really hedge funds were started by guys that would be you know, they did well in the mutual fund industry, and then they thought they could kind of outthink the market and use some leverage. So they would create hedge funds because they thought they would have better access to information or be able to study bonds to, or stocks to buy or short because they had better access to information. Sometimes it might have been inside information back in the day. But that's when they would charge 2 and 20 so 2% a year of the fund's value as a fee. And if the fund was positive, they'd take 20% of the profit off the top. So you'd only get 80% of the good years, plus you'd be paying 2% a year. And with high-frequency trading and everything else, it's just not a place to be. It's just access to information, it's, it's just so easy. When I got into the business, we used to have to wait for a quarterly basis to get a magazine from Morningstar to find out what funds were doing and what the performance was. Four or five years later, it was just dial up and find it at Morningstar.com. So it's amazing how much more information we have at our fingertips these days. Uh, FactSet and Bloomberg terminals and things like that, not really a good way to go. I've seen mostly disappointment of anybody I know that's invested in hedge funds over time. Because whenever you get shorting and stocks involved, it usually doesn't pan out over the long run. Now, how about gold? Is gold just on its own considered a alternative investment? Well, look, here's here's four reasons why gold looks attractive right now. Mining stops looks cheap. Materials actually did really well this last quarter compared to a year ago because they were coming off the bottom. But also, here's another argument for gold going higher. Inflation tends to send gold prices up, right? Supply is shrinking, so that should send gold prices up, maybe. And Government debt is increasing drastically, so gold prices should go up because of that, right? Well, maybe not. <laughs> Inflation, it, it, we have so much, we have the Amazoning of the world, so inflation could tend to be still pretty tame for the next five to 10 years, potentially. Supply is shrinking because gold isn't doing what it's doing. Maybe cryptocurrencies is going to become the next gold, so maybe supply isn't an issue. Other metals, are used more and more. And there's a lot of breakthroughs in the world of chemical engineering and things like that, and materials. Maybe gold won't be as important. And everybody knows government debt's going higher. So, I don't know. Just I would rather invest in the trends. And that's why, if you have portfolios over half a million dollars, that's when you maybe look at things like alternatives, adding your portfolio. Under that, Invest in a mix of large-cap, small-cap, mid-cap stocks in the U.S., as well as emerging markets and overseas. And you're going to get companies that deal with commodities and real estate already inside your funds or your ETFs that you're investing in. But once you're over that and you start worrying about volatility and protecting on some of the downside, that's when you look at things like, what can I invest in that are not moving the same way as stocks and bonds, that they move on their own? And I like managed futures, for example. And a managed futures fund, it's a trend trading situation where they're investing in trends. So as long as there's a clear direction on a commodity or a currency, if it's the clear direction based on a 90-day moving window is positive, they're going long. If it's negative, they're going short. If it's going sideways, they're not invested in it at all. That's, that's the way I would like to kind of use currencies and commodities in a managed futures fund. Let's say you want to stay invested in the stock market, but you're getting older and older, and you want something that's 
got a little bit of more downside protection, but still invested in the market. There's things like buy right strategy funds where they replicate the S&P 500. So you're still in the S&P 500 in terms of exposure to 500 of the largest companies in the United States. But what they'll do is they'll sell covered calls on those stocks. Now, when you sell a covered call, you're selling the right to buy that stock away from you to another individual, but it creates some income for you now. So if you sell, if you have a stock at 20, you sell a covered call at 21 and the stock goes to 22, you've lost it at 21. But you have that increase to 21, plus you have the income from selling the call to help say, well, I gave up the upside, but I got a little bit of income in the meantime. And then they use that income to buy protective puts, which limits downside exposure. So, for example, Gateway Fund, which is a fund that's got a long track record in this, um, the first thing you have to note is that you will underperform the stock market in these things over time. Over the last 30 years, the index tied to a gateway fund, which is a kind of that buy-right type of strategy, 7.3% average annual return, well below the 10.7, almost 11% return of the S&P 500. But you do get periods where the downside protection works, and when it doesn't. Like in February 2018, gateway dropped 1.7% versus the market at 3.7%. So it's some buffered protection. It's tough because you going into retirement, most people can't afford to be less than 40, 50% in stocks because they need the growth. There's not enough income in bonds and there's too much exposure to inflation and, and things like that. You, purchasing power, if you're too heavy in bonds or CDs in retirement, you have almost as much risk because of no inflation protection. You need stocks and other things that go up with the economy in order to protect your purchasing power over time. So if you're too scared to get fully into stocks, maybe that buy right type of a strategy is good for you. And then of course, there's other types of bond alternatives in the world of no load variable annuities that not principal protection, but income tech protection, or indexed annuities. And most of these are awful, but if you can get certain indexed annuities to say, all right, if you invest over a year period, they're typically five years long. Now there's some no commission ones that are fairly decent. You can get a portion of the upside of the price movement of the S&P 500, maybe up to now, right now, 6 7%. But if the market goes down percent, 10%, you just get zero that year. The problem with those is that you have to make sure they're not paying a big fat commission to somebody, and you have to make sure that they're less than five years long so that you can get out once you need the money. So those are kind of good alternatives for people that, where do I put my safe money? I don't need it for five plus years because I'm still working. Where should I put it? So there are some options out there. Britain announced recently that sales of new diesel and gas cars would reach the end of the road by 2040. This is the latest step out of Europe to battle against the damaging environmental impact of the internal combustion engine. Are we talking about the death of the diesel and the death of the combustion engine? It's pledge made this month by France, and it's part of a global push to curb emissions and fight climate change by promoting electric cars. Car makers are adjusting. Volvo notably said that they would phase out the internal combustion engine in the coming years. And BMW said they're going to build an electric version of its popular mini car in Britain. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. 
you listen, I'll do my best to come up with some ideas for you to become a better investor. Um, not always going to happen that way, but I'll try. So, Monster Beverage. Do you remember that as an investment angle? We're tired of Coca-Cola. We're tired of Diet Coke. We're tired of Pepsi. Anything that has the artificial colors and like we don't want it. Ooh, there's something that's got caffeine in it. Monster Beverage ticker symbol MNST. Um, they're going to be a division of Coca-Cola at some point in time, don't you think? I tend to think so. It's one of those companies that kind of needs the bigger distribution. It's like Starbucks making a relationship to have their coffee distributed by someone else, like a Nestle. Nestle's got the the supermarket, the regional um, warehouses. Starbucks doesn't really want to deal with that. So they say, okay, we're going to license our name, and we're going to give you the coffee beans and such, and you're going to do it this way and do it this way and this way, and you're going to do it. So distribution is kind of important. So Monster, at some point in time, is going to be taken over, I think, by Coca-Cola, Pepsi. Or that's where it starts getting kind of weak. You know, could it be a Nestle? Nestle's not really as dominant at the, the local Slurpee stores. So when you take a look at the chart of Monster, you get that it's it's kind of uh, kind of took off. You know, the time to buy the stock was probably uh, 2010. Uh, because at that point in time, you could get the stock pretty cheap, it's the tune of five bucks. Then it runs up to about fifty, and now it's running into the everyone who wants a monster drink has a monster drink kind of business model. I know you're saying really, yeah. Overstock.com. It's a fascinating uh, website slash business slash we're not Amazon slash we are Bitcoin. They're one of the few retailers that take, you know, transactions in Bitcoin. Therefore, they're a play on Bitcoin. Is that funny how that works out? Uh, Broadcom gets a downgrade to neutral. Uh, one thing that we've learned from Apple's quarter is that they seem to be slowing as far as like innovation and excitement goes, and that's a bit of a problem for everyone who makes parts for cell phones. We need something to intrigue us. We need a new app. We need a new delivery mechanism. We need something. Because we've kind of gotten to the point where, like, okay, you need 25 data lines. Then we start analyzing things. Do we need 25 data lines? Okay, we could probably kill the cable and replace that with Netflix. And we start figuring things out, and now we need something to get us excited again because we're, we're not in excitement mode. Publicly traded TripAdvisor is one of those companies that, man, they seem to hit home runs or strikeouts. It's an online travel agency company. I've used TripAdvisor, and I seem to get an email every day from them, so I need to scroll down and unsubscribe from that, right? Um, much better than expected results. Now, what does a TripAdvisor tell us when they come out with much better than expected results? And it's a pretty big company, you know, Expedia, TripAdvisor, Pricelines, what does that tell you? It probably tells you, A, that they're very small and you can't take that sample, or B, the industry's doing very well. I think the industry's doing pretty well. I think people are saying we've got jobs and they're going out and spending. 
Um, so the stock has no interest to me, but following the story that it tells me, it does. It's like Groupon. I've got no interest. It's been around long enough. It's told me that it's not going to like suddenly become the next big thing. At one point in time, it kind of was, but it was for like six weeks. A friend of mine works in San Francisco, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna jump on Groupon to get you know a cheap lunch." And essentially, all the the people were competing for people like him. One stock that I'd recommend if you can get a child invested or interested in stocks. You can go to buyandhold.com, buyandhold.com. You don't have to buy $1,000 or $10,000. You can buy $100 of a stock. One of the ones that I would look at, obviously, Disney, because kids know Disney. I would look at Electronic Arts, because they know video games, and the Xbox and PlayStation. If your kid's got a little drinky-drinky problem, maybe you have them look at Anheuser-Busch and Bev to get them excited about stocks, or Sam Adams. That's a bit of a joke, ladies and gentlemen. Don't get upset. Do not feed children under the age of 21 alcohol. Well, the law is there for your safety and protection. Please, no wagering. This is only an exhibition. This is not a competition. So, but, you know, what I'm getting at is if, you know, you could buy shares of the Green Bay Packers, if that's your thing, to get someone invested in in, in stock market, that's your thing. That's your thing, right? Just get someone invested. Get them started. That's my advice. So... So I'm a little worried that energy stocks are doing so well this year. To me, that's a sign that the stock market is uh, going to see some inflation. As energy stocks hit highs, it's telling you that the expectation is for commodities to go higher. And uh, that's worthy of note because that could cause your pullback if you're looking for a reason to cause your pullback. There's your sign. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't be shy. I always have a seminar coming up, and when I do, you can get into it by using the code RADIO25, RADIO25 gets you in. Sign up at robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.